Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk about the Kingdom of God, and we're going to talk about, you know, the differences between the Kingdom of God and all the other governments of the world, because we know that Christ's Kingdom is not of the world. It's on the planet. It's just not of the world. And so all you have to do is look up the meaning of the word world there in that particular place, uh, because there's five different words that are translated or can be. There's actually about six that can be translated world. And that one has to do with all the other governments. <laughs> the constitutional orders and systems of government. Anyway, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God in relationship to those governments. And uh, how that all works in the world today. And we're going to talk about immigration. How do you immigrate to the kingdom of God? <laughs> well, you're supposed to be seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so, evidently, righteousness has something to do with the kingdom of God. And uh, we know that Christ said things like, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And so, how does that all play into the immigration? I mean, how, how do you pass the immigration test? For entering into the kingdom of God. Well, we're going to look at the problems with immigration in the world. When you, you know, you're in the world of Mexico or the world of El Salvador or the world of Sweden and the world of Australia and you want to immigrate to America. How do you want the world of the United States? Because that's what that word world in many places in the New Testament means is constitutional order and system of government. I'm quoting you right out of the concordance. That's what it means. But you don't know where, you know, sometimes you see the word world and it means age, time period. And it's translated like age or eternal or whatever. But uh, it's actually, the word is ale. Uh, other times they use a word that means inhabited places and they uh, they translate that, the world. But it doesn't mean the planet. God's kingdom is on the earth. Jesus was going to take it away from one group and give it to another. Doesn't operate like the kingdoms of the world, the other governments that exercise authority one over the other, you know, that put up border fences and and walls and, and keep people from entering or maybe put up border fences and walls to keep people from leaving. That, that's what the that's what the Iron Curtain was, is that you couldn't leave. I I had friends when I was growing up that came across the Iron Curtain from Hungary and uh, other places, uh, Cuba and what have you, that you know had machine gun bullets zinging over their heads as they were escaping over that wall to America that didn't have to have any walls. <laughs> Although we had border guards. Uh, we had border patrols and, and you had to go through a check stand and check places if you wanted to immigrate to America. Then they would check you for diseases because you might be bringing in diseases that could kill a lot of people and you might be dangerous because you have those diseases. Now, it wasn't to pick on you, but, it, you know, the United States federal government has an obligation. I mean, you created the United States federal government when people signed the Constitution and acquiesce to the Constitution and in it the federal government is supposed to protect the borders from any type of foreign invasion disease uh, people 
uh, mobs, masses, armies, whatever. They're supposed to protect the border. And they're obligated to do that. You've hired them, you've elected them, and they're sworn oaths to do that. Now, we talked this morning for two hours about the fact that uh, the people who take over offices in the government, person, they become persons, actors. They're actually using that word a lot, an actor uh, in the government because they have an office in the government. And they're sworn to uphold the Constitution. But we were showing how almost everybody elected in the, you know, the vast majority of people elected in the state of Oregon are not obeying the Constitution. They're violating the Constitution of Oregon. And the penalty is spelled out in Article 2, Section 22, that they have to forfeit their office. They can't stay in office. They have to forfeit it. And they can't even run for the office again for two years and they have committed a felony <laughs> and they have all done this not everyone but 80 to 90 percent of the people who are elected to the high offices of the state of Oregon are in violation now we just had this big thing where uh, 11 senators they left the state and everything to stop one particular bill now the vaccine bill went through and now another bill went through uh, I just heard just minutes before the show started that now illegals can get driver's licenses. Well, with that, they can vote. And so you're going to have foreigners meddling in your election. I mean, <laughs> if that's the case, uh, you know, uh, Putin can send over thousands of Russians <laughs> disguised as Americans, get driver's licenses, and, and go to the and meddle in the election now because they're going to make it legal that they can do this. It's not legal yet that, I mean, some guys just voted that 14-year-olds can vote. That's not an official vote of a state. I believe it's some sort of Democratic, young Democrats or something. They voted that 14-year-olds will have the right to vote. And, of course, the reason why, just the same as they wanted prisoners to have the right to vote, what were some of the other people they wanted to uh, Give well, you know, of course, illegal aliens the right to vote because so many of them are voting socialist. I mean, most most people in prison today are are registered. You know, those that are registered, or at least they have leanings to the Democratic Party. They they like the Democratic Party because the Democratic Party is socialist. Most of the people in South America are voting socialist. You know, that's what happened to Venezuela. They went crazy socialist and it destroyed their country in a short period of time. Other countries try to have some sort of moderation in their socialist desires. But socialism is basically desiring what your neighbor produces and forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare by men who exercise authority one over the other but call themselves benefactors. When Christ appointed the kingdom to the apostles... He said, you're not supposed to be that way. You're not to be like the governments of the Gentiles who exercise authority one over the other and call themselves benefactors. Because in those governments, they force the offerings of the people and then they provide you daily bread, free bread, through those forced offerings. And and if they have the right to borrow money, they'll actually borrow money against your children and your children will have to pay back the money. Long story, but we've talked about it many, many times. I'm not sure how many new listeners we have. I was curious to see how many people might show up today. 
and uh, have to go to the actual <laughs> my switchboard. Oh yeah, we got people showing up. Uh, I, I'm not really. I don't have my list in front of me of who I can take calls, but I don't know if I'll have time to take calls. I was gonna schedule some extra time for the show, but uh, I didn't. So we got a lot to go through, and the big question that I'm going to put out in this show is who killed Oscar Alberto Martinez Ramirez, which is the big story of the week. Everybody's talking about it. And him and his daughter died while trying to swim across the Rio Grande, entering the United States in what we would have to call illegally. And there is so much misinformation floating around. So much hate. You know, and, and people say, oh, well, you know, the immigration policies are born out of hatred. Well, most of the laws that they're enforcing now that are causing all this ruckus at the border were passed long before Trump became. They were they were in place under uh, Obama. And, I mean, Obama used tear gas, you know, under his administration. I mean, he wasn't out there chucking canisters. But, boy, when, when a few canisters went <laughs> over the wall where guys are throwing rocks, People go, oh, they're gassing these poor innocent people. And you see people out in the middle of nowhere. Somebody's throwing this gas canister down there. That wasn't from the wall. Unless, if it is, those border guards got really good arms. No, they didn't. They they didn't. That didn't. Somebody tossed it down there. That's what you do is you run up, grab and toss it down to some other place. And that woman, that's all staged. And there was no threat to her. Nobody was gassing her. But you know, all the guys you see up there by the border uh, that were throwing rocks, they did drop gas there to to get those people so they wouldn't be pushing on the border, which is all reasonable because they're hired to protect the borders. That that's in the job description. You you want to go change that? You go get change the constitution, I guess, or something, you know, or elect different people. But uh, that none of this was taking place with Oscar. And Oscar is probably a pretty good guy. I mean, he's about 25 years old, and his wife was Tanya. She looked like a lovely young lady. And they had a daughter who was about 23 months old. And uh, they had a place to live. And and that's what a lot of people don't understand. Now, suppose he's fleeing uh, gangs and political unrest in El Salvador. Not the case. He he worked at Papa John's Pizzeria. Yeah, if, I don't think he was a driver. Uh, if he was a driver, you know, actually, on the web's page, if you go to preparingyou.com, you can look up Drowned by Hate. Just type that in, and, and you'll find the article, Drowned by Hate. And, uh, yeah, he worked at Papa John's, and the hourly pay there should net you about 20000 as a driver. I couldn't find it for just the average worker. Except I know the minimum wage is $1.25 an hour. Which is about what it was when I started working. <laughs> it was a, and, uh, but that's, that's not very much money, but that goes a long way in, uh, you know, they're not in Beverly Hills. The rent in El Salvador is a lot less. He lived in a community of about 44,000 people. And, uh, so in San Miguel and El Salvador, uh, places like that, a driver for Papa John's Pizza. Uh, gets about $20,000 a year, partly in wages, but there's also bonuses. Also, the, if you're a driver, you get tips. So he could have been working 
doing that. It looks like he is a capable guy. And there's a lot of other jobs that pay a huge amount more. But if you're going to be a fast food cook there, that's what you're going to get. It's probably a little less than that as the, if you're just working in the kitchen. It's probably more like, uh, you know, four or five hundred dollars a month. Depending on how many hours. Now they said he only made 350, but his wife was also working and they were living at his mom's house and they had, it was a two bedroom house and, uh, and then there, of course their mom is kind of a built in babysitter, I assume. I don't know what she does, but her the mom said, don't go, don't go to America. But he wanted to go to America not because he was involved in gangs. The mother says he wasn't involved in gangs. He didn't, never had any gang problems. There had been gang problems in their town at one time, but he said it's all very quiet and calm now. They don't have any, there's no great, I mean, there's gangs in Chicago. Uh, there's probably less gang activity where uh, Oscar lived than there is in some neighborhoods in Chicago. So uh, it wasn't gangs. It wasn't a totalitarian regime. There isn't a vast depression going on in El Salvador. I mean, things could be better. And that's really my kind of my premise, and even his mom's premise, because she says very clearly uh, when she's talking about Rosa said it is best when uh, she proclaimed we can put up a fight here. Unfortunately, she's left muttering things like how much I would like to have my son and my granddaughter here. And that's what she didn't want him to leave. And, and because there was no gang violence to speak of. So what, what's he claiming asylum for? You know, and I go into it in the article. You know, I was writing this up until just <laughs> minutes before the show. And so I haven't even gone over it once to look for typos, but I'll let other people read it. And, you know, we have a whole network of people that might be able to look at that. And they, if you're a part of the network, which you can join by going to preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org, you can, if you're a part of the Living Network, which is another step, uh, what you can do doesn't cost you any money, really. You can uh, you can become an editor on the the pages if you want to do that, or you can do other things. I mean, there's there's that's one of the things about the kingdom is there's an infinite number of things to do, and uh, and you're free to choose what to do. But we're talking about Oscar here and his family and why his daughter died, and a lot of people are out there trying to blame it on Trump. Uh, well, you could blame it on Obama. You know, I mean, there was 283 migrants deaths last year. Other years, there were almost as many. There's more now because there's more people trying to get across the border. So, uh, there was one candidate actually saying this because of, you know, climate change is destroying South America. Actually, where are you getting that information? I know people in South America and climate change is not the problem. There, There is no climate. I mean, occasionally they have droughts and sometimes they have too much rain. And But they've always had that. There is no, the, you know, the oceans aren't coming in and drowning out people. There's really very little change in the ocean levels over the last 50 years. You can, you, we can show you that. That's just a fact. I mean, there, there are variations from time to time, but it's, Certainly not drowning everybody in Brazil. 
there are problems in Brazil, but they all relate to the fact that Brazilian government has been going more and more socialist and people have been voting more and more socialist. And now there's getting to be a switch. People are trying to go back the other way. But, you know, the enticement of those benefits of socialism, where you think, oh, we get guaranteed this, guaranteed health care, guaranteed jobs, guaranteed income. Uh, it's very dangerous. It's very addictive. And uh, it's very destructive because it actually it actually takes over your thinking so you can't think straight anymore. It's kind of like drinking booze. You drink enough booze and you're not going to think straight anymore. And socialism is a lot like that, which is why every place that they really were socialist or communist, which is just the next step. Communism is the scary term for socialism. But uh, ends up millions of people die. Why? Because the power is centered in the government. And when the power is centered in the government, men who seek power seek office. And when they get that office then they uh, want more power because power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts absolutely. So, you know, back to the Oregon people, you know, they came back finally because they said, okay, we won't do the cap and trade deal. But then they pulled up and said, okay, now you got to vote. And, of course, they had this super majority. So those guys, they had to jump out the window again like Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> but they didn't. But anyway, if you go to our article, if you're already at Preparing You, you can go to our, our article, Slip Hazard, and it goes through why they shouldn't have... Why, well, they could have come back, but they should have come back and confessed that they had no right to the office that they were in and they had no right to vote. See, what's happening, though, they just edged up a little bit more. You know, the if, if they start getting all the illegals to vote, Socialist, Democratic Party then the Democratic Party is going to get another super majority. They're, they're not going to let in voter reform. And if they did, that's what they feared, that voter reform would come in and you'd have to have some sort of ID. Well, now they can get that ID. Because they, they just ran roughshod over the guys. But they think, oh, well, we just don't want to make a fuss about that. And we want to go and get the budget so we can get all the money around. And we did stop the one thing, you know. But you took... One step uphill and two steps down. <laughs> you look at, I can give you a list of all the bills they passed in Oregon. And every one of them either takes away your money or your rights. One or the other. That's the way they were going. Every single one of them. And you're completely unaware of most of them. And that's this Oregon. It's going on everywhere. And so they could have turned it all around if they had done the right thing. And some people have approached some of these guys. But uh, they can still do it if they go go read Slip Hazard and you and we'll put up audios if you're on the Living Network. Uh, we'll put up audios within the next nine to eight days, and uh, they will explain exactly why almost everybody in political office in the state of Oregon are in there illegally and have committed a felony in order to get in there. And people say, oh, well, this is scary because we've had a number of people read this material because we sent it out to a, a few people. And I know about it because I know people in government. I'm not doing it. Uh, I, I'm, I have my job over here is seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But you guys over there trapped in that, you know, in the next government next to us, which is Oregon, you know, we want you to be free too. We want the best for you which I mentioned on the show, the red heifer, and 
You have to find out what the red heifer really is about. It has nothing to do with the cow <laughs> or heifer, calf, or red color. It doesn't have anything to do with that. But anyway, you have to go read that because we're going to tell you all the things that nobody else will tell you. But back to Oscar. Uh, how did people used to come into this country? Back when America was supposedly great. And a lot of people say, oh, when was it ever great? Well, you probably don't know because you never learned history in your public school. Uh, and America, the United States was not necessarily great. What made America great was the people. And the people were pretty great. There were bad people here. But there were good people here too. And, and kids just don't know history anymore. I mean, this whole reparation thing. Just, I mean, it's crazy. Crazy insane. <laughs> you know, like... What are you guys thinking of? <laughs> but anyway, uh, uh, you know, I, just as an example, you know, they talk about reparations and they'll probably, somebody will probably call me racist because, uh, I say, you know, that, that's, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, there is no, you know, my, my great great grandfather was kicked out of the Quaker church because he was smuggling slaves in the Underground Railroad. So, I mean, what is that? So, do I get reparations? <laughs> you know? Or do I have to pay reparations? You know, I mean, we already got kicked out of uh, Quaker Church because we... And then how many people died setting them free? Do, can we weigh that against the balance of this supposed slavery? I mean, it's it's just crazy. Some people think that the United States owes blacks a, a, rep- a reparation uh, for enslavement. Uh, and, you know, they issue reports. And if you go to our, we have another article up on Divide, and you can go look that up. But, uh, it's, it's total nonsense. It's absolutely total nonsense. And the only ones who would be suckered into believing that is very greedy people, or very ignorant people, or very ignorant greedy people. And of course, the politicians that are pushing this, they're really just pushing it to get your vote, because they want power to get, make more millions. Like, you know, I, I don't want to pick any, but, you know, we talked about a politician this morning who made millions and millions and millions of dollars off of breaking the law. <laughs> and they're getting away with it. Because other guys made a few thousand dollars breaking the same law and they don't want to bring it up. And they could, they could solve all these problems if they would just go back to the ways of righteousness, which requires that you tell the truth and not bear false witness. You can't tell me that you're a congressman or a senator and you know that you violated a law that commands that you forfeit the office. You can't be both. You can't forfeit the office and then still have it. You just gotta fess up and be honest. That's, and, and that's what Christ said. That's what I'm saying and I'm sticking to it. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. But anyway, in the 1830s, it was reported about 3,775 black slave holders owned more than 12,760 slaves. That's quite a few slaves per holder. Some of these holders hold, owned hundreds, even thousands of slaves and they were some of the most mistreated slaves because most slaves in America were not mistreated. They were actually treated very well. Most slaves were not in these big plantations. They were, you know, just, you know, like servants in the, the household. And they were, they, you know, they called the doctor when they were sick and they lived in the house and they were well treated and they were very well, but you say they were slaves. Well, a portion of their, some of them bought their own freedom with money that they made while they were slaves because they were also paid a wage. 
had room and board and and paid a wage and free medical and all the things you want now from government. <laughs> Guaranteed as, as slaves in good households. And there were lots of those good households. And they could actually save up their money and buy their freedom. And they did. Many of them did. And some of them did and then stayed on to be servants in the household. But they had their papers that they were free so their children were free when their children were born. We just don't, nobody does the real research to find out what was going on. But they believe what they want to believe. They hear this or that and they believe it because that's what they want. I mean, American Indians own slaves by the thousands. Uh, and, and they enslaved each other. Even before we got here, they, they were slaves. They would kidnap and enslave somebody and then that person would escape. And, it was done all the time. And taking land away from each other, that was done on a regular basis. It was a real problem, uh, which is why a lot of the Indians allied themselves with the white settlers right away because they said, well, these guys will give us an advantage against all those other Indians who have been invading our land, killing our men and stealing our women and children. And so that's what was going on. This was no paradise when before we got here. And... You have to look at things on an individual basis, not based on race or the fact that somebody's an Indian and somebody else is black or somebody's mulatto. It just doesn't go that way. Uh, but what I see going on is that people want to, you know, they want to hate Trump because they say he's a racist. He really doesn't fit the bill of a racist. Uh, he will, he will call you names and he will be mean to you if you get on his bad side. But if you're on his good side, if you do right, the guy is extremely generous and it doesn't seem to make any difference whether you're black or brown or red or green or orange or yellow or whatever color you think you are. He doesn't seem to care. But if you do him right, he does you right. If you do him wrong, he'll do you wrong. He's just a flawed human being. He's certainly not your salvation. I hate to be out there defending Trump, but... uh uh the reason I bring this up is because this this I hate Trump syndrome is really the 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 tip of an iceberg of a giant floating dangerous hate mongering that's going on, and you see it in you know like Waters and and a lot of these other people who just badmouth everybody who voted for Trump and hate him this way and hate him that way. It's just, it's just extremely unhealthy. And I quote in the article uh, Darlene uh, Glanton who wrote for the Chicago Tribune, and her heading of the article was The Drowning of Father and Daughter Crossing the Rio Grande Shows Migrants' Desperation for Asylum and U.S. Determination Not to Grant It. He didn't get asylum because we're determined not to grant it. He never had any right to asylum. He wasn't a political... I mean, it's not like, you know, what was the guy's name in uh, Casablanca who was running from the Nazis? (laughs) That guy had a right to asylum. I mean, he'd been captured and tortured and, you know, and, uh, you know, he was fleeing political persecution and, and, okay, that guy gets asylum. But uh, Oscar, great guy, probably. A uh, wonderful person. I know lots of guys I worked with in my family. I mean, I worked out in the fields uh, with the pickers uh, for, you know, years and years ago. I mean, 
And when the INS came, we would hide some guys, and other guys would just take off running. Some of the some of the regular guys who were Americans, that you know, U.S. citizens, they took off running too. <laughs> and the INS would catch them, and they'd say, "Well, why did you run?" And he says, "Well, everybody else was." <laughs> so it's kind of a comedy of errors. We got along well with the INS guys, but some of the guys that came into the country back in those days came in illegally. Uh, picking onions and radishes out there in Harry Maranaka's onion radish field. And we just liked them so much that we would go out of our way to make sure they got to stay here. And occasionally, like El Toro, he would get picked up and they took him away and they, they would send him back to Mexico City because that's where he was from, from Mexico City. And uh, he would be back at work the next day or at least within two days. <laughs> But, uh, you know, he, he came from a wealthy family, but he was a picker and worked on the trucks and just like anybody else, but he wanted to go out and learn what it was to be. He learned Japanese quicker than he learned American though. Uh, cause he, cause Harry actually took him in and he lived with Harry for a while. Eventually these guys and a lot of guys and guys I know in my own county where I'm at now, uh, they ended up getting legal status. They actually went back. You can't apply for a legal status while you're illegally in the country. So he had, they, they saved other money, they went back, and they applied for a legal status, and they got it. And they came back. And that's what, that's what Oscar should have done. He should have applied for a legal status. And it's doable. I've got two in-laws, uh, you know, a daughter-in-law and a son-in-law both applied for a legal status. It gets harder with some people. But if you really care about Oscar and all these other people, the 286 that died last year drowning, that's just from drowning. You know how many people die, robbed, murdered, stabbed, raped along the road to come here? And you got guys like George Soros and all these other, you know, open borders guys trying to encourage these people to leave their home and charge the borders and get across the borders illegally because they want to tear down the borders. Why don't you fix the problem? Why are you trying to tear things down and all this kind of stuff? I really don't. I'm not for open borders. I'm for open borders, but not unless you fix the problem here in America. Because you're not doing it in the way that America, that made America great. These same guys who are pushing this open borders thing, they're also pushing socialism. And socialism is destroying America. Now, a lot of you people out there who might be socialists, you may not believe that. But, you know, we have an art, another article <laughs> preparing you on socialism. It goes through it in detail. Even if you read all the information, you still may not figure it out. You may not get it. Why can't you get it? Well, it's not given unto you to know. And I'm not going to tell you everything here. But the... We're going to look at some of the problems. How how did people come into America back when we didn't have to have border walls and all that stuff? And who was the people trying to come into America? And what was the spirit? I think you know because according to everything that his mom said, uh, Oscar wasn't coming here to become a citizen. He was coming here to make some bucks. Now, he, he had to bring his wife, evidently, or he thought he did. I mean, she had a place to stay. Now, I know a lot of guys who leave their family back with relatives, and they come here and work for several years, and they get a grub stake, and they go back, and they build a house. Or, you know, they do lots of things. 
uh, some of them come here legally and work in the country with a green card for years. And they send money back and the money goes back and it's building a house for the rest of their family. And they go back and visit their family. And that's great. But why are there so much crime in Mexico? Uh, are, are we supposed to think that Mexicans are more criminal by nature than everybody else? Not so. I mean, that's a racist statement. Why aren't they more successful in El Salvador? Why don't they have a higher standard of living in El Salvador that they do in, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe Mexico, <laughs> parts of Mexico or in parts of, uh, uh, Oregon? Why don't they have as high a standard of living as that we have all across America in El Salvador? Are they incapable of it? No, it has to do with what you're doing, the way you're thinking. And the more people that think the way that brings real prosperity to the community, which is not thinking about getting your house built, getting your money, getting your just your family. You know, because I know the people in El Salvador or Mexico, they're very family-oriented. That's not a problem. That They don't have as much problem. They do have that problem, but the, as much problem as we do in America or in the black community of fathers leaving the home. We do have that, uh, and from some Mex- but they've actually got a lot of that from America. In their culture, family's a big thing. But why aren't they more successful? Because they're missing something. And that's what we need to know what they're missing because you are going to need that if you want to immigrate to the kingdom of God. <laughs> and that's really where you want to immigrate to. You don't want to immigrate just to the United States or, you know, I actually know people moving down to El Salvador or Nicaragua <laughs> because they, they believe there's actually more freedom down there than there is up here, which is kind of a bizarre turn of events. But there's a reason for that. What I'm really concerned about in this article is the hate. And you hear it, that, you know, hating Trump is just as bad as hating, you know, some race person or hating people who voted for Trump. That's just like, you know, hating somebody because of their race. It's, it's, it's a mindless hate. And I see it in all these articles and on Twitter and on Facebook and it's really got to stop. But we're going to take a break and we'll be right back to Keys of the Kingdom. Well, welcome back to Kings of the Kingdom. So, uh, what, uh, what's wrong with not having borders and not having, uh, people protecting, you know, who's coming across the border? And there, actually, I think there could be a lot more protections in place, but I actually know that if you were more of you were seeking the Kingdom of God, you wouldn't need those protections. But in order to seek the Kingdom of God, you have to make your yeses yes and your noes no, and all those Congressmen and senators said yes to the Constitution of Oregon. They swore an oath to uphold it. But then they're sitting in offices they know they have no right to. Many of them. Some of them may not even know they violated uh, Article 2, Section 22. But like I said, go see Slip Hazard. Go read that. And we'll have the audios up as soon as we can. And uh, you can figure it out. And uh, eventually we'll probably, uh, you know, on the webpage we'll add where some group is that you can go and be a part of trying to hold everybody accountable and try to bring honesty back to your government instead of uh, going the way of Saul and uh, giving the power to the government to take and take and take and take. Because all those guys who fled the state to stop the cap and trade, they didn't stop all the other bills. 
They didn't stop the bills that have now been passed into law since they got back. That is going to be their undoing. You see, they, they let the camel in the tent, the camel of corruption. They let his nose in the tent and now the whole tent is filled with corruption. This has been in the books for a long time and they've been ignoring it. You can't be a just lawmaker if you don't obey the law. I have to obey Christ. So I have to preach the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so what does that look like? How do you immigrate in the kingdom of God? Well, for one thing, the kingdom of God is not a location. It's not here or there. So we don't, we don't put up walls. We don't put up borders. But we are our walls, like the Corinthians said. You back during the Peloponnesian Wars, they, you know, Athens wanted a loan of money to build a wall. And they said, we are our walls. What did they mean? Well, the fact is their character, their moral character. And their union together, their their union and discipline, which is referred to the early church, or the union and discipline. Of course, now I just said the word church, and if any new listeners are listening, they think, oh, I don't have anything to do with church. You don't have anything to do with church, probably. <laughs> and the what you think church is, I don't want to have anything to do with either. <laughs> but you have a distorted view of what Christ was doing, and what the early Christians were doing, because the early Christians were free, uh, in vast numbers, living right in the heart of the Roman Empire. But their union and discipline frightened the Roman Empire. But you, most of you probably don't even know, most of the people out there in radio land and podcast land don't even know what the Christian conflict was. And we have an article upon that, so you can go look for that at preparing you. <laughs> so anyway... So how did they come into the United States back in the days of Alex, uh, Alexis de Cotteville? Because he was, he really wrote about how America was great. He never saw anything like it. And the prosperity in America just, just was overwhelming. And he would come from a rich family, but he just couldn't believe how everybody in America was doing well. How was this possible? How did they have so much freedom? So we have a page on Alex. Alexis de Cordeville, <laughs> and so you can actually look that up as well. But uh, you know, he said things uh, that most people don't understand today. Like religion is not is no less the companion of liberty in all its battles and its triumphs, the cradle of its infancy and the divine source of its claims. But what religion? Again, you know, you go read our article on religion. And we've changed the definition of religion. Religion wasn't just what you think about God. It was how you took care of one another. And you didn't take care of one another through the socialist state because that's the system where benefactors who exercise authority one over the other take from one class of citizen and give to another. That's socialism. Christ forbid us to do that. But America is doing that now. It wasn't doing it back then when Tocqueville said we were great. They were taking care of one another, but they were doing it through charity. And, you know, and I have a whole section, you know, in the this on charity, legal charity, and what it was about, and how they did the, And they got together in, in free associations, and they took care of one another in communities through charity. So you didn't need Social Security. You didn't need a Federal Reserve, you, which it creates this debt money. But you have those things now. Social Security, Federal Reserve, Social Welfare, the Welfare State. You have all these things. So 
now anybody can come in here and rob those systems blind and it is actually and we show you know guys have already written this out that they're going to do it it's like Mein Kampf he told everybody what he was going to do did you read the book we show you they say they're going to do this they're going to bring in as many people as they can get them on welfare get them taking money and you say oh no illegal immigrants can't take welfare yeah they can <laughs> I can show you we have people in the network whose families have been devastated by the fact that the government gave them welfare because they had an anchor baby and they they claimed and they've ruined the child. The child was not disabled, could have, would be an extremely successful person today, uh, doing well, way better than anybody in El Salvador of the same class and, but they're not. Instead, they're making them worse and they're making their family worse and breaking their family down because of this tendency of being men who claim to be benefactors, but they only give out what they take away from other people, which is, you know, like they say about socialism, eventually you run out of other people's money. But you also kill love. And so you have to have a substitute for the passion of love. And so they create the passion of hate. All these people that they, you know, they hate Trump. They don't, they don't love the poor. They just hate the rich. You know, that's another thing Alex said, Alexis said, nothing is more wonderful than the art of being free, but nothing is harder to learn how to use than freedom. And early America was learning that. What people are doing today, not so much. And uh, what what is it that you, we need to learn? And, and I'll, I'll show you just as an example. If you wanted to come to America before, where did you apply for papers to come to America? We didn't have this huge Homeland Security and INS and all that kind of stuff. I'm talking 1800s. Now, they had people, you know, if you come in at harbors, they would stop you. And eventually they had Ellis Island when we had this huge influx. And they stopped people and check them over for tuberculosis and all. Nobody's checking these people coming across the river. And they're bringing strains of tuberculosis that are not subject, are, are not responsive to many of the antibiotics that we have now. And chickenpox and everything else. You're going to see a rise in disease. And so you're going to think, oh, well, then we need to get more vaccines Except for the fact that vaccines don't stop these diseases. The polio vaccine did not eradicate polio. That's just a fact. It's not what you're told, but, you know, they're told, you're told all kinds of things that just ain't so. And we can show you that, but we'll get off. We only have a limited amount of time. So let's, let's stick to this. You come in to the country and you want to enter the country and they, and what do you hold up? Where do you get the papers that you hold up to show that you have a right to come into the country? They would hold up a contract and say, I have a contract to work for somebody who is a landed American, somebody who lives in America. A landed American isn't just somebody who lives in America, but it could be somebody who just lives in America, but it could be a landed American. You probably don't know what that means, but I'm not going to tell you now. You'll just have to keep coming around and asking questions and we'll explain it to you. But you hold up that contract and they cannot impair the obligation of an American to contract. And if you have a contract with an American, you get to come into this country and work. They can't stop you. 
Or at least they couldn't stop you back then. But that's some of those things. that There was no Social Security back then either. You didn't need a Social Security number. You actually still don't need a Social Security number to live and work in, in the United States. That's I'm directly quoting the head of uh, the Social Security Department. <laughs> but uh, you do have it, and it does have a purpose. And if you don't understand that, we have an article upon that. <laughs> so It's so hard to talk to you if you don't know these things. But the reality is that's how you got in here. And you could do that today, still, in a little bit different way. You want to get Oscar in here. You want to get Oscar's family. You think he'd be a great asset. To, you don't just open up the borders and say, okay, we're going to take down all the restrictions. And anybody can come across, including, you know, gang members, all those gang members. I mean, every place they have put up a wall in a, you know, uh, urban area of, you know, along the border, crime dropped drastically. On the American side. Why? Because Mexicans are criminals? No. Because they have a criminal element in their society. It's coming across and robbing and stealing from Americans. And you put up a border wall and they can't come across. As easily. They got to drive way around and they're lazy. They're criminals. So they, Mexicans just rob other Mexicans. You know, like from Magnificent Seven. You know, Eli Wallach. (laughs) Who I think is Italian. I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> but anyway, uh, but he played a Mexican bandit and he says, I learned one thing. Mexicans only rob Mexican banks. <laughs> but the, the idea, it's its not that Mexicans are, they're some of the best people in the world. But they have a criminal element. Why do they have such an out of control criminal element in Mexico? Why do they have so many gangs in Chicago? I mean, that's a democratically controlled city. But they got all these gangs there. They got all, they got gun control. But they got more shootings than, than Texas. You know, uh, what's it? Blanco, Texas? I was trying to think of what, uh, the, one of the gun capital of the world. <laughs> they got more guns per capita and they have almost no crime whatsoever. Every place you see pervasive, uh, presence of guns in a community, the less, violence you have as soon as you start bringing in gun control then soon all the honest citizens don't have guns anymore and 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 if it's illegal to own a gun the criminals don't care <laughs> so you yeah, un, i mean like that's why all the shootings are in gun free zones because they may be crazy but they're not stupid they're going to go where they're not likely to get shot. If they want to go where they can get shot, they'll just go and attack a police station or something and they'll get shot, you know, death by cop. The fact is, and we go through this, Oscar wanted to come here, save up money to build a house so they didn't have to live at his mom's house. And he didn't have to live at his mom's house, but they were able to save money because they were living at their mom's house. And the mom loved it because she wanted to have the grandkid there. So, you know, what's the problem? The thing is, is, and she said, we need to fight here and make things better here. That's what the mother said. And the mother was right. He didn't listen to the mother. He went, he wasn't trying to get asylum because he knew he wasn't going to get asylum. He had no cause for asylum. He wanted to get across the border. But if you claim that you're applying for asylum, then you got several weeks to go and scout out the border and, and find the best place to cross. And so that's what he was doing. And you can go to a refugee center where they'll feed you and he can save his money and not use it up 
you know, uh, on uh, getting, you know, staying somewhere while he's scouting out the border. He tried to swim across. He put his daughter on the side. He got her all the way across, put her on the side, and was going to come back and get his wife. I think they should have been taking better swimming lessons. I can't believe that they didn't get a flotation device somewhere to try to get across. I mean, he had saved money. He had some money. But anyway, or some life vest at least. But anyway, when he was swimming back, the daughter tried to follow her dad. She's all alone. That's another thing. They're going all alone. They're not going with buddies. Well, actually, his cousin was somewhere around there at the time. I think he had a cousin or somebody. But why didn't he have one of them across? Why are you leaving your 23-month-old child on the side of a bank of the Rio Grande and you're going to swim across and get your wife? That's crazy. That's just a bad mistake. And he, he unfortunately, paid with his life. It's a tragedy. and But it's it's not Trump's fault. It's not... Republicans' fault. It's not the border wall fault. Those things just exist in the world. You got to take responsibility for what you do. If I could do, if you really want to do something about it, instead of trying to get thousands of people from El Salvador and Nicaragua and Venezuela charging the borders and throwing rocks at Border Patrol. Why don't you set up organizations that will sponsor these people to come into the country? Trump said he wants more people to come in and fill all the jobs that are being created. But the problem is we're not following American principles. We're not being responsible for one another and caring about one another, which is why there's so much crime in Mexico. I mean, it's it's huge crime in Mexico because everybody's interested, not everybody, but there's a large spirit of take care of me. Take care of my family. Maybe take care of my block. But the next block, they're on their own. This is why you got 80 to 90% of the people elected in Oregon being run roughshod over by a majority, a supermajority that is putting in one law after another that is taking away the rights of the citizens. And it's legally taking away the rights of the citizens because that's what you did. You decided to have executive power Elect executive power to rule over one another. And I went into that this morning. Saul was elected by the people to be the king, the chief executive officer and the commander-in-chief of the army because somebody was taking bribes. And they didn't want to do anything about it. That's where Oregon is today. If you don't understand that, go to Slipstream. Or Slip... Not Slipstream. Slip Hazard. And, uh, and then... Join the network and you'll get our audios. They'll come out in, in a little over a week. And uh, they will explain why it is that you're having such troubles in your world and in Mexico and in El Salvador. And then you can start seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness right where you are. Because that's where the fight is. The fight is in your heart and in your mind. And so, uh, you know, I mentioned that that the lady who uh, was writing the article and and I I quoted from the article a number of times in, in the course of this in the whole layout of this article which I haven't even read yet entirely but uh, she everything is she's trying to blame it on some political party and what happens is Oscar has become a political pawn at least he will be this week you know in a couple of weeks you won't see his picture anymore and you won't see his body there in the water. 
And the reason his body is in the water is because you wanted to elect a commander-in-chief, a president. And maybe you didn't get the one you wanted. But, I mean, as bad as Trump is, there's no no one's come out with a death list. <laughs> you know, like you had the Clinton death list, which is, you know, whether it's true or not, it's amazing. It's amazing the number of people that strangely, mysteriously died <laughs> that after having some connection with the Clinton administration. There was a lot of power and forces there that just don't add up. That Why in the world was all this happening? But you don't have to believe that uh, to see that there's a problem. There's a problem with loss of rights in America. And if you don't see it at all, then you're probably not going to hear the solution. Because that's one of the chief things that you have to do in order to understand the solution of being a free country. You have to care about one another as much as you care about yourself. What happened with Oscar is that he was, he's, he's planning his way across, but then suddenly he found out that there were, and you know, we quote right from the La Prensa, uh, news agency or paper that they were going to put, uh, all kinds of people uh, there had been thousands of migrants from Honduras, El Salvador, Guatemala, Cuba, Haiti, and various African and Asian countries that have entered Mexico from October into uh, several caravans across the southern border. These people aren't coming in caravans just because they decided to come. There's people promoting this, making this happen. There, these people in these caravans are political pawns. They're trying to create a crisis, and they they're doing it, and and it's they're doing it to try to make Trump look bad. And but I don't believe that Trump is your salvation anyway, in anyway. But they're they're operating from hate and greed. They want power, and and there was no right for asylum in these cases. And you got people like Darlene uh, Glanton saying uh, maybe some have not heard about how the gangs, and she goes to all this in El Salvador's targeting women and children and simply because they are the most vulnerable. Oscar's own mother says that's that wasn't a problem. That wasn't why he came. This is just fabricated by someone who is not really, you know, that's fake news. She's just making that up. The gang problems in these countries are on the decline. And, and the... the they're going to come back up probably if you don't turn around and change your thinking. So anyway, uh, we, we go through that, give you the actual statistics and information, what he was actually making or likely have been making. He was probably making more like $400 a month. And if he wasn't getting enough hours, I wonder why. You know, if he was making uh, 40 hours a week, just, just that, you're going to be producing, you know, 160 uh, more than 160 hours, uh, it's about 100, I do the math in my head real quick, 177 hours a week, I mean a month. Uh, he was, he was doing well there, cause he was probably not making minimum wages, making more, cause he was working, like I said, at Papa John's. I mean, I was offered a job of starting pizza parlors in Mexico years and years ago. There's all kinds of opportunities in Mexico. El Salvador should be building it up and getting away from socialism. But anyway, you can go read the article and see the other things. 
But hating Trump, hating the conservatives, uh, hating borders isn't the solution. It's seeking righteousness. And that will get you closer to the kingdom of God and liberty than anything else that I can think of. Until then, I'm just going to have to say peace on your house and may God be with you. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.